Welcome to Voices of Impact, a show where dreams and passion meet action and change makers unite. Brought to you by KBL Impact Partners, your catalyst for social change. At KBL Impact Partners, our team has over 75 years of combined nonprofit and corporate expertise dedicated to inspire you and bring you voices leading the social movement. Whether you're a social entrepreneur, a veteran in the nonprofit or corporate sector, or someone with a heart full of dreams to make a difference, this show is your weekly dose of inspiration. We're here to share the stories of visionaries, explore the realms of strategic funding solutions, powerful partnerships, effective board development, and so much more. Imagine a place where each conversation sparks innovation, where every story shared opens the door to new possibilities. KBL Impact Partners is not just about advice, it's about forging enduring partnerships that empower your mission. So get ready for an hour of insightful conversations, transformative ideas, and inspiring stories to ignite your impact to elevate your mission to new heights. This is Voices of Impact, where your mission fuels our dedication to social impact. Together, let's be the voice of change. Welcome to Voices of Impact, a show where dreams and passions meet action and change makers unite. We are your co-hosts, Kathy and Brad Lambert of KBL Impact Partners. You can find us locally in your city across the U.S. on My Genre Radio FM, Monday through Fridays at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, and noon Pacific. Also, we are televised on Valuable Television Network at 4 p.m. Central, Urban Core Television at 3 p.m. Central, and soon to be on all major podcasting platforms. You can find all 100-plus stations on OTTU Media under Radio and Television tabs. We have such a wonderful show for you today. Our guest here is Erica Williams, who can be described as an entrepreneur. She's a leader, a convener, an activist, a visionary, and a wife, mother, and believe it or not, a grandmother. She is so, we are so excited, and we welcome her this morning. She holds a BA in Paralegal Studies and an MBA, both of them from Maryville University, and she's also working on her PhD in Public Policy and Administration from Walden University with a concentration on policy analysis. Erica is the founder and executive director of A Red Circle, a nonprofit organization that works for community betterment in North St. Louis County through a racial equity lens. A Red Circle offers programming in education, community wellness, and exposure to the arts. Erica is a native resident of North St. Louis County, which we were just talking about. She grew up in the Normandy school area. She graduated from McClure High School. Those of you out there, here she is and later went to attend St. Louis Community College, Florescent Valley, as an adult learner. Erica is married to Bailey, and they have five thriving, successful adult children and two beautiful grandchildren and a dog named Trixie. So Erica's greatest desire in her work is to see North St. Louis County healthy, wealthy, and whole. So welcome, Erica. 
We are so thrilled to have you with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So as, as a founder, and we've known you now for over two and a half years, and we have seen tremendous growth in your organization. So can you take us back to the beginning and how did Red Circle ever come to be? Tell us and share with us a little bit about your journey and the magnificent progress you've made in six years. Awesome. I will, uh, it's so interesting. Yeah, I think about it. I, I, a Red Circle will be seven this year in March. Wow. Wow. Uh, and seven. Seven years. And my journey kind of started, you know, with the dissatisfaction of seeing the investment that was coming into my region of North St. Louis County. So for those of you who don't know, uh, St. Louis County is one full county, and locally we divide it up directionally. And so the region of North County is a part of St. Louis County, but it's kind of like funded differently, invested in differently than the other parts. And so what I was beginning to see was a lot of buildup in the um, businesses and yeah. the investment in other parts of St. Louis County, mainly mm -hmm. west and south, yeah. but not so much in north. And North County happens to be <clears> the area where the highest number of black residents live in St. Louis County, where I'm from, where my family's from, where we all still live today. And so I began to do some research to find out who was doing what yeah. and where. And it kind of led to first researching real estate, researching um, past laws, researching deeds and redlining and just those different That's really interesting. Like that. Can yeah. you share a little bit about what redlining and what that is? Yeah, so um, it comes from a, a practice that was done, uh, we'll say back in the early 1900s where investment was made only into certain communities. And those communities were known by the maps that would have red lines drawn around them so that bankers, insurers, and other funders knew to only invest in these areas for white residents, but not for black residents, or black residents did not live in those areas. Yeah. And that can be seen in how real estate looks today with a lot of uh, home values and closures and things of that nature. But, you know, if you think about all the different disparities that we have, it all stems from racism. But yeah, we all bleed red. We are all connected to humanity. We That's are, aren't we? Yes. We're really yeah. all the same. Yes. Yes. So same. you did the research and you you were able to prove through documentation that this really does exist. Oh, yes. This, oh, yes. This disparity. And reading and um, reading from really good books. Um, one is Mapping Decline by Colin Gordon. Okay. Uh, he's a university out of the, he's a professor out of the University of Iowa. <clears throat> wow. That was a really, really good book, really eye-opening. Uh, goes into some, some of the U.S. Supreme Court cases around real estate. And just from St. Louis, we have four, because St. Louis was really determined to keep- To keep it all segregated, uh -huh. right? Yep, yep. Wow. And interesting to see, like what you were saying, that what was done so long ago it still it still impacts how yeah. we are today exactly yeah. and you know things like education quality funding right healthy food quality all those types of things and so we really wanted to address those in a tangible way right so how did you begin doing that mm. so i started doing after my research i started networking 
and talking to people, finding yeah. out who was doing what and where, what my neighbors wanted to see happen, what people in North County. So you asked your neighbors. I did. People in the community. Happen. Uh, that's one of our core values. We are led by our community. And a few, you know, huge things came up. One was education. Mm-hmm. We started noticing the disparities in suspensions. Mm. Of wow. Even like from pre-K up through high school of black children, particularly black boys with disabilities. You know, they weren't getting the services that they needed to mitigate some of the behavioral issues. They were just deemed as bad. And we had to look at the root cause of and even right. something as simple as hunger. Yeah. Can lead to, you know, <clears throat> different, you know, things that are happening. Or children who may, you know, have dyslexia or need right. e- extra support. They weren't getting that. Um, even we have a, a district in St. Louis County called Special School District. Yes. We learned that Special School District was giving kids in North County way fewer minutes of services than kids in other wow. districts. And so we began to address that. We began to look at the food that was of that was available in grocery stores and restaurants and some of the convenience stores. And we saw even just a difference in quality and offerings. And then one of our major grocery stores closed and we were yeah. left with a lot of empty box right. stores in North County. So we really began to look oh, at wow. how all of that's tied to yeah. race. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really is. So what um, are some of the actions that you took when you started your organizations? You know, what... So to address like hunger or to address some of the inequity, what did you do in starting your organization? So we began to take some steps with first talking about nutrition and getting getting the community together um, to talk about how you can make healthy food taste good. Ah, and how okay. To, you know, kind of get away from the food pantry mindset and the food bank mindset of just right. bringing food to people. Right. But actually, like getting people interested in food. So, would you do like demonstrations? Mm-hmm. Is what is that? We what did you cooking demonstrations? Really? And then we start growing food because even though we uh-huh. were doing demonstrations, you know, there were still not a lot of choices available. And so we started growing food. We launched a garden, then an urban farm. Then we and we've been to one of the urban farms, yeah, which is farm. amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then we started talking to other urban farmers and learning what they were doing and what their needs were. And so we started kind of forming like this urban farm cohort called the food movement. I love it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so were people that in the community getting involved in the urban farming oh, and, yes. and oh, starting, yeah. did you see them to start eating healthier? What did you see? Um, It wasn't something that happened automatically. So one of the things that, you know, I kind of caution people about, it's no longer this, if you build it, they will come mantra. You have to, people have to trust you. Right. They have to trust you. Right. They have to know that you are in it for the long haul. And so one of the first programs that we launched, um, we started actually knocking doors, like literally knocking doors to find out from people what they thought about the food in the region. And it was me knocking doors and I had a college intern working with me and she had a survey on a laptop. And so I would knock doors and talk to people and she would record the responses. And how was, how were you received when you were doing that? Um, It was interesting. Well received, but people were curious. Like, why is she here? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. she's asking good yeah. questions. But I'll talk to her. Yeah. she seems friendly. So yeah. I'll, I'll talk to her. Well, these are issues that were important to the mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. One of the things yeah. that we learned was a lot of people knew about farmers markets, but the one that they knew about the most was very far <clears> from the region. 
And so we, uh, one of the first programs that we launched after that survey was a farmer's market in the region. We call it the healthy community market. And so we introduced food and fitness and demos and Oh nutrition. my goodness. Yes, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Wow. But it wasn't like people were like lining up going, oh, yeah, we want some food. They were going, hmm, I'll try it. Now, this was in 2019. When we yeah. Okay. Finished doing all that. Fast forward to this year, 2020, no, last year, 2023. The market opens at 8. People line up now every at day. What oh day? my gosh! Eight o'clock on the last Saturday of every month. Oh, the last Saturday okay. of every month. People line up at. Oh my gosh! When can we get the groceries? When can we get the? Oh groceries? my gosh! Wow! That's awesome. Yeah. What a difference. So one of the words that Kathy used to describe you earlier was activist, huh. and uh, I understand activism is a, is a family trait. Oh yeah. So uh, expand on that a little bit. So my late uncle. Damu Smith was an activist in the Washington, D.C. area. Oh. He formed a nonprofit called Black Voices for Peace. And he was very instrumental in, he marched with uh, Jesse Jackson and he traveled to other parts of the country. He protested against Cancer Alley in the South. He um, protested against a lot of things that were happening with the war. In you know most recent years, um, he was very instrumental in helping black youth understand their worth and their power, and not making sure that you know making sure that they weren't succumbing to the doom and gloom that was being played in some of the music that is very popular. Oh my gosh! But playing for them from the positive <clears throat> rap and hip hop that's out there, so they can see themselves and see their worth. And just watching some of his videos, like if you look up, you know, Damu Smith, D-A-M-U, you'll find him on C-SPAN and Google and... Oh, my. Really? Yeah. What yeah. an impact he had. Yeah, he was, he, he loved the black community. He was one of the people who, um, he introduced our family to Kwanzaa back in the 90s. We hadn't heard of the Kwanzaa celebration. And he was very encouraging on just getting us you know, me and my cousins and even my children to appreciate the beauty of our blackness. Yeah. Our skin yes. tone and hair texture and all, all those of types it. Of, those types of things. How beautiful. Yeah. Get us to embrace being intelligent and not worrying about what people say that we're acting white because we're smart at school yeah. or that we're talking a certain type of way, but to embrace yeah. intellect and really, you know, take hold of how in African traditions, intellect, and, and all of that was really praised. And so he's one of the people that I look to. He's my ancestor that I can yeah. you know, He's still here? He is no longer with us. Okay. He was no, he succumbed to cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, well I think he's living through you. He, he would be proud. Yes. He would be proud of you, I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. His spirit Thank definitely you. lives on through you. Thank you. And you're passing it on. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's right. If you are just now joining us, you are listening to a Voices of Impact show brought to you by KBL Impact Partners. And our guest today is Erica Williams, founder and CEO of A Red Circle here in North St. Louis County. So you had mentioned like within North, North County community that, you know, you have seen and what you're one of your crown jewels, I guess, what you see. Next is coming is called the North County Community Nexus. Yes. 
So what do you see, Erica, or what is it that you're doing? So we purchased in 2023 a 44,000-square-foot former shopping plaza and office building that is located in the city of Bellefontaine Neighbors in North St. Louis County. And we intend to convert that into kind of a food hub of sorts. We are going to open a community-owned grocery store, a healthy food bistro to mitigate a lot of the fast food and liquor store food that's in the region, a licensed commercial kitchen for food entrepreneurs. Wow. We've met a lot of North County chefs and caterers and sauce and seasoning makers and people who want to, you know, use their gifts and talents to build wealth for themselves and their families, but need the opportunity, need the opportunity to do so. There's a current banquet center and restaurant in the building that I inherited that, that tenant. Um, we're also going to open a learning and opportunity center that will allow us to teach nutrition classes, cooking demonstrations, our parent cafe classes. <laughs> okay, so we want to sign up. Okay. <laughs> wow. Offer some space to small business entrepreneurs and yeah. other healthy beneficial offerings to the residents. So it sounds like you're going to have a lot that you already probably do already have a lot of partnerships and collaborations. Yes, yes, we are continuing and to build continuing those to those. build those. So who are some of those partnerships and collaborations that you're working with? So one is a group called Give Inc. Um, that is a group that looks for funding to support uh, grassroots black nonprofit leaders because she understands Vanessa Slaughter. She runs that and she understands that Sometimes it's challenging for new nonprofit leaders to get that seed funding <clears throat> so that they can you know, begin to plan and not have to automatically start doing work. So that's one of our partners. Um, Dr. L.J. Punch is a surgeon, and he runs a clinic called the Bullet-Related Injury Clinic. And so he's going to put a North County presence in the nexus to help people not only heal from the physical trauma of being shot, but the emotional Wow. Mental trauma from being shot and yeah. their family. Um, we have some chefs and caterers who are going to reside in the kitchen space. They make amazing seasonings. Um, one of the Tommy Wong seasonings. They make a very good low sodium blend. Oh, that's really <laughs> good. It's really good. It's really good. So they're one of our partners. Um, we have a young lady who is currently studying culinary studies, plant based cooking, and food preparation. She's oh going goodness. to head up the bistro so that we can introduce residents to different bowls and different food offerings. I know a lot of people who are trying to get healthier, who want to lower their cholesterol and their A1C numbers and those types of things, but shopping for healthy food that the doctor recommends they eat is really, really challenging in the region. There's a lot of liquor stores and fast food restaurants and the produce that's in some of the grocery stores is not the highest quality. And if it is higher quality, it's really expensive. And so we're working with local farmers to you know, um, help mitigate some of the expense of the fresh foods that we can get high quality, fresh produce in North County. So That's what is the response awesome. from the community with all of this? Oh, everyone's so excited. They could probably <laughs> hardly wait, right? <laughs> yeah. So have you started some of these? Some, like, where are you in the process of this? Mm. So we are in the process of, so we're waiting for... Um, uh, uh, government HUD to sign some papers that they need to sign. 
Okay, so I hope they hear that. Maybe they'll be listening. <laughs> yes, we can start. Come on, government. I know, right? So we can start the building renovations. Okay. We have um, an amazing architect, North County resident, <clears throat> who um, is working on plans. So not only are we going to do these things in inside, but the space is a very like huge asphalt parking lot space. So we're going to in uh, um, in install rain gardens on the parking lot that we can bring some trees and some stormwater runoff mitigation and create more groundwater seepage for climate. We're going to start a demonstration garden on site so we can show residents how they can also grow things at their homes and their backyards in buckets. That's actually going in March 1st. Oh, my goodness. That's Fantastic. going in March 1st? Yeah. Fantastic. This is incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, our two big things that are going to happen with the government as soon as HUD yeah. signs <laughs> their agreement is the roof and um, environmental remediation because the building is old. It was built yeah. in the 50s. So yeah. Remediate some things so that way we're not causing more harm to the people who, when they come to shop and spend time with sure. us. Sure. Right. Oh, my God. Um, before we came on the air, you were sharing with me that when your husband finished his military service you came back to st louis you were kind of looking around the region at different homes but you felt this pull back to north county yes and and Ooh. i i would call that divine guidance mm -hmm. so my my question is what what role has your faith played in oh, man. all this huge, yeah huge i am definitely a woman of the christian faith and one of the main tenets of Christianity, Christian faith, is love. Yes. Love and love is action. Yes. Love is a That's verb. That's right. Yes. And if we're to love our neighbors as ourselves, um, my husband and I, you know, we raise our children <clears throat> and we're both college educated professional people. And so the issues that were happening in North County weren't necessarily affecting us personally, but they were affecting our neighbors. And if we love our neighbors, we have to be willing to do the work to mitigate some of their struggling and mm -hmm. some of their suffering. You know, one of the things that really got me looking at my own journey with how I had been using my education and my gifts and talents in my community was the killing death of Michael Brown Jr. Yeah. in August 2014. It would be yeah. 10 years this year. Wow. You believe 10 years. 10 years. And you know, at the time, we were active in church and raising our children and you know, just loving on each other and our yeah. families. But yeah. when things like that happen, you really have to look around and think, are you really showing love to your neighbors who yeah. are struggling yeah. and not seeing, you know, the American dream, as they say? You know, we, we thought we had arrived. Honestly, I, I sometimes Ooh. chide myself. I don't as much now, but we're black, married, we have children together. So, and the friends that we were hanging out with at the time, which we still do hang out with, they're black, married, raising their children. So we just assumed that if you weren't doing what you were supposed to do, it was something with you and not with the system. Right. Not uh, with systemic yeah. racism. But yeah. Michael Brown Jr.'s. Yeah. Killing death really right. opened my eyes to systemic racism. Yes. And it prevails and across all of our different yes, systems. Yes. Right? Housing. Yes. Food. Our education, correctional system. Mm -hmm, right. All of it. Everything. 
uh, we use this term holy discontent. Holy discontent. Yes. Uh, and that's, yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You got that right. Uh, that's kind of what drew us into the nonprofit world was, you know, we just, things weren't right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Our welfare system wasn't right. No. And, uh, and it's still not right. We're and you holding people back instead mm -hmm. of propelling right. them forward. And it's that feeling of, and I don't know if this happened to you with me, it was like somebody had their hand on my back. Like pushing, pushing towards that, like mm -hmm, just, mm -hmm. and it was, it's that, that feeling of, like you just said, like that holy discontent that you have to do something. You have to do something. You have, you have to, to do, do something. something. Right. I was no longer content with working in my cushy office right. law firm job. And now you're a farmer. And now you're a farmer. That's right. <laughs> Okay, we are going to pause now for a commercial break. And before we do, Erica, would you please share your contact information? How can people find you? Yeah. Uh, website, email, yeah. any of that information. The easiest way is www.aredcircle.org. And then there's a contact us link on there, and there are links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, X. Uh, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. Oh my! You're all over. You're the all place. over. You're all over the place. What's What's so cool about you know being on this show today is our theme for this year is awareness and impact, and the show is the voices of impact. So I'm just super excited for everybody oh, to find wow. us. Well, yeah. we are excited to yeah. hopefully have everybody find you too. Yeah. And for the impact that you are making in the community specifically in North County Thank and you. where you are. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Incredible. This is Erica Williams, and we will be back in a few minutes. Are you a nonprofit leader awake at night worrying about your organization's future? You're not alone. Did you know a staggering 30% of nonprofits don't survive past 10 years? Often, it's a simple reality. No money, no mission. There is hope. At KBL Impact Partners, we understand the value of every dollar and every donor. Did you know 58% of donors are willing to give more if they know the impact of their donation? That's why we've created Frame Up for Funding, our exclusive 12-week program designed to empower nonprofit leaders like you. Learn how you can effectively communicate with donors and funders, demonstrating the lasting impact of their investments. Ready for a game-changing 2024? Visit KBLImpactPartners.com today and schedule your complimentary consultation. Together, let's make your mission possible. Welcome back to part two of our show. If you are just now joining us, we are Voices of Impact. You can find us locally in your city across the U.S. on My Genre Radio FM, Monday through Fridays at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, and noon Pacific. We're also televised on Valuable Television Network at 4 p.m. Central, Urban Core Television at 3 p.m. Central, and soon to be on all major podcasting platforms. You can find all 100-plus stations on OTTU Media under radio and television tabs. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Erica Williams, founder and CEO of A Red Circle. Erica, um, 
Your organization is growing, which means infrastructure, more people, more processes, more procedures, all those things of moving up that life cycle curve. Tell us about your team and how many people you have and what the different key areas are and, and how you're sort of shifting your role from being yeah. that person that is the be all do all to delegating. Yeah. That can be a hard thing. Oh, it's, so tell us about your team growth. I will tell you. I started the organization mm -hmm. in 2017. So from a team of one, <laughs> we now have 24. Wow. A combination of part-time, <clears throat> full-time contractors and AmeriCorps VISTA team members. So it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I recently, just this year, um, hired a team of directors. So I now have a director of operations, of development, of community wellness, of education advocacy, a site director, and a community arts director. And so those are the people and my assistant, first time having an assistant. That's awesome. Those yeah. are the people who report to me. Right. And the rest of the team members report to those directors. So I no longer have to farm and, and go to the schools and tutor and go lead the arts classes yeah. or go speak in Jeff City and our, our state capital for policy. I can now send people to do that kind of stuff and it's amazing. So you're probably able to get home before dark some nights, aren't you? I am. I'm able to go to bed at 10 o'clock now. Oh, wow. What a beautiful thing. So I also have a question for that though as well because as a leader and as a founder of an organization, you were involved in putting those programs together. And I know for myself that as our organization grew and just like with you hired, it's amazing, first of all, that you can you hired all these directors, but then having to let go of some of the things that you were doing. Like, how did that make you feel? So I'm, I'm learning something about delegating. Yeah. It's a three-way street. It's not only just me delegating it to my director, but it's people who are used to working with me. That's right. Wanting to communicate with that director uh, and not good point. pass by them yeah. to still communicate with me. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we're still like, I'm constantly just this person will get back with you. This person's handling this now. This person, because they, it's like, I want to see Erica. They still want to come to you I for everything. Erica. They want to yeah. come, they want to, come to you for yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Huh. And so I love how you're doing that and being able to release it yes. to yeah. the, the new directors. Yeah. And I don't know if you felt like this. I knew at different times of growth, as we were growing and hiring others, and then I would give some of the things. So one of the things that I did like I would train inside the prison and I loved it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I wasn't doing that anymore. And so I had this feeling of, now what do I do? Mm. Did you ever feel like that? No. Or do you feel <laughs> that? <laughs> not quite, not quite. So my director team just started last month in January. So we're still... You're still new at this. We're still new at this. We have weekly directors meetings. Yes. So that way they can field their questions. They can ask me questions. They can ask each other questions. Because some right. of the directors have more leadership experience than some of the others. Um, I can ask them questions. And I can get yeah. reports from right. their team members. Right. But I think at some point, you know, we'll get to the point where I'm like, okay, 
Now I can actually <clears throat> take some time to read this book that I've been wanting to read for exactly. Well, exactly. At, at the rate you're growing, you're you're out there scaling the next mountain <laughs> while they're you know keeping the ship going at home, right. so right. to speak. That's right. And uh, you don't have time to to uh, micromanage them too no, much. No, I, I think that I don't have to. They're all very very capable, and they're all women. And I there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. I Thank love you. it. I love it. I love it. That's not in the script. <laughs> well, that's all right. So, but you know what? That's part of leadership mm -hmm. of having to let go, letting others do it. And exactly what you're talking about, which I love hearing, because I think so many times we as leaders have a hard time of letting go because mm -hmm. it's going to take time yeah. to train somebody else. Yes. Yeah. It's going to, you know, they may not do it exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I know I can do it much faster and probably better. And those are those things <clears> that you, I just, you do this. So you're doing it so beautifully of really being cognizant and having a plan yes. to be able to implement and to make this happen. Yes. It makes a difference. It makes a difference in the team morale. Yeah. Because one of the things that the directors, you know, now that they have a, their own people who are reporting to them when it comes to things like birthdays and recognitions and dealing with like um, questions and things, they don't have to wait to get to me. They have someone right there who's yes. guiding them and, and leading them. And I'm not stretched out, you know, with 24 tentacles and all that. So kind of there's stuff. a level of efficiency that's yes. in place where things can happen yes. quicker. And strategically, that's important, that's important yeah. for any business. Well, you know, and I'm so glad you said that because so many times people, I think it's a misnomer within nonprofits, yes. right? That there's that difference that with a business and a nonprofit, there are differences. However, like with what you're experiencing is change management. Yes. That's, that's in corporate America. That's in businesses that we have to do. Nonprofits also have we to do. We are businesses. Right. We are businesses, right? That's right. And I think there's that misnomer of, okay, they're nonprofits. So mm -hmm. they're really not a, like per se, maybe a business. Yeah. And because, you know, a profit, but we do want profit. Yeah. We definitely need revenue to run the programming efficiently to pay, not only pay staff, but to pay them livable wages so they can live good lives. Sure. You know, we don't want to have someone working to mitigate food insecurity. Being food insecure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Have yeah. Good wages, 401k plans, yeah. medical benefits, <clears throat> all those types of things. And I've been able to hire a lot of residents from North County, which is so That's huge. beautiful. That That's is. Huge. That is. That says a lot right there. We are the change that we want to see in our community. Amen to that. You Amen. Know, I, I like to say a, a nonprofit is a tax status, not a That's business right. model. That's yes. right. So all those things you talked about. Uh, competitive salaries, benefits, things like that, that are that are key in the corporate world yes. or just as key in the nonprofit world. Absolutely. Yeah. And our profit, well, like you said, we need profit. We need mm -hmm. the money coming mm -hmm. in. It's social profit. Yes. It's going back into yes. the good that you're doing within the community Absolutely. and back into your mission yes. and being able to do that. So, Erica, how what are opportunities for people to get involved? I'm assuming you have volunteers. We do have volunteers. We have volunteers uh, who help us with the garden. Uh, my husband's actually one of the volunteers who helps me with some bookkeeping tasks and 
all that kind of stuff. Um, but we do have a CPA. It's a family business. It's a family yes. business. It's yeah. a family affair. Um, <laughs> and it's just amazing how that all happens, yes. right? Yes, it makes me happy. <laughs> So how can they get involved? Like what type of other activities can they get involved with your organization? Yes. So all types of levels, you know, people can get involved from following us and sharing us on social media to attending our events. Um, we're doing a movie screening of a film called Kiss the Ground. I saw that in your yes. newsletter. Yes. It talks about um, farming, the good type of farming that doesn't, you know, kill the earth but actually brings good nutrients back into the earth and brings food into community. So we'll be screening that and talking about the impact that we make in the area of regenerative farming and climate change. We're doing a three-day policy convening later this month. We're going to uh, convene lawmakers and farmers and retailers and economists, nutrition experts and other thought leaders about the levers that need to be pulled within policy to uh, hopefully make fruits and vegetables more affordable in retail stores. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So I want to get back to that in just a second, yeah. but I also want, we may have some, some viewers and listeners that are just joining us now. And I'd like for them to know that if you're just joining us, that you are listening to Voices of the Impact Show brought to you by KBL Impact Partners. And our guest today is Erica Williams, founder and executive director of a Red Circle. And so share with us a little bit more, Erica, about how you're getting involved more on that policy end. And like you said, some of these initiatives that you're bringing to the forefront. Yes, yeah, so one of the things that we um, noticed in the beginning is we wanna see the change you know, as far as like getting healthy <clears throat> into residents, neighborhoods and things of that nature. But there's only so much you can do on that kind of micro level. There were changes that had to happen on the macro level, and that occurs when policy changes, good policy changes take place and are able to be implemented. And so we want um, our policymakers to have a better understanding of what is needed, what they need to do when they are in the Capitol, when they're in meetings with their other um, legislators and it's unfair for us to send people to Jefferson City, to St. Louis County, to local officials, you know, mayors and council people without giving them the tools and the education so that they can then be really good stewards of their 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 constituents' votes. Right. You know, yes. we don't want to just vote for people, but we want them to then make the changes that we want to yeah. see happen. And yeah. right. in order to do that, we all have to work together. That's right. Yeah. We yes. all have to work together. And there's a lot of education that goes on there because many times they don't they're not at the ground level right. like you are. And exactly. they don't understand the 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 level of problems that you're dealing with. Yes. And so you're educating yeah. them so they know how to then to go back Absolutely. and pull on the purse. There you go. <laughs> well, and I think too that so many times that you know, with nonprofits as well, is that to really make some of that systemic change, it goes to policy, yes. right? And legislation <clears throat> and learning how to do those types of things, which it sounds like you're doing so wonderfully of bringing people together, residents, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. teaching them, really empowering them to take action. Absolutely. To know that, you know, you, you, you cast that vote this day, but next thing, you know, let's go visit Jefferson City. 
Let's come meet with these lawmakers. Yeah. Let's bring them into our space, which is this, what this this convening is going to be um, really beneficial for. We're having just a full day of lawmakers, lunch and policy and showing them what's being done in other states. That way they're not going back to their uh, other fellow legislators with a blank slate. Yeah. Right. You know, they have something to build upon. That's great. Which is key. How many are you hoping to have attend? We're hoping to have at least 10 okay. from the region. Yeah. You know, with St. Louis County being broken up, the state legislature also kind of broken up into these districts. And North County has by itself probably like six districts because of the density of population. Uh-huh. The districts yeah. are small, but they're heavily populated. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge job, sure bringing is. everybody together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which actually brings me to another question of partnering with other organizations. And so how are you partnering with other organizations? Yeah, so this convening is, itself, we're partnering with the American Heart Association, um, Missouri University Extension, St. Louis University, and um, Empower Missouri. That's just for this program, but we are huge on collaborating. We cannot do this work by ourselves and we don't believe that it should be done by you know one organization one group one set of people we are a very communal based people anyway yeah. and so we know that you can get more things done and get things done well and more fun with people and so we collaborate with churches with schools with universities with other nonprofit organizations with farmers you know, even with retailers for the grocery store, like it's been a huge, fun, you know, partnership. But we make sure that we're very, very strategic and collaborating. We don't just collaborate for the sake of collaborating. Um, being a black woman, sometimes there are groups that want to collaborate because they need a black voice. They need to Ooh. check a box that says yeah. collaborating with a community organization. And so we make sure that if you're collaborating, you're also cooperating. And that what you're doing is going to be beneficial to our community. I love that. So as long as you're, you know, if you want to collaborate, are you cooperating? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I love that. And, and and good partnerships take time to develop. They, they do. do. Uh, but at the outset, you have to be able to see that you're you're like-minded in your mm-hmm. mission and yes. vision. Yes. And uh, you're you're willing to share resources Absolutely. with each other because you have to give up control. Yes. You have to share maybe the money or whatever yeah. else. Yeah. And um, everybody has to be well intentioned about this is why we're here. Everyone does. And I just want to say one more point about collaborating. Sometimes collaborating creates more work for organizations. Right. Um, and talk about that. What do you like? Yeah. How and what so way? There's an example. There was a group that applied for a grant to get some infrastructure funding mm-hmm. but uh, the funder was more community and programmatic based and so they wanted that group to collaborate with a red circle for programmatic okay okay connections yep. but they weren't trying to do programmatic right. they just really wanted to build a space yeah so they had to create a program and then that mean we had to create a program to go along with them and then they get less of the money that they needed to build the space because we had to. So we took probably like, I don't know, one tenth of the money or something just so that we can say we're collaborating. Yeah, yeah. But in, in all honesty, sometimes funders force collaboration right. when it doesn't really have to I be. I know. That's and really interesting. And, 
it never really felt like a true partnership. It never did felt it? like a true partnership. They had to do work that they weren't prepared to do. Right. Yeah. And so it didn't really help the community in the long run. Yeah. So, for example, what you just mentioned, and I, I think that this is, so if any funders are out there listening, and um, what what would you recommend? I mean, what do, like, what would a foundation or a funder like to, what would you like to see them do in regard to this of, see more collaboration and partnerships, what steps do they need to take? I think it's really important for funders and donors to trust the organization that they're choosing to invest in and to trust that they know what is best for their community, what is best for whether or not they choose to collaborate and in what way and on what level. Sometimes collaboration can be as simple as knowledge sharing. You know, Mm -hmm. how to create this whole new we do this and you do this. Right. Maybe we can get together, you know, once every six months for coffee or something, and that can be collaborating. But it's not so much, um, you know, make sure that you're actually doing work together. Even if you're in the same geographic space, even if you're in the same type of field, you know, one of the things that we do within our food work is we collaborate when it makes sense. Just because I'm growing food and you're growing food doesn't mean we have to do everything together. Because there are different lanes within even the food space, nutrition and entrepreneurship and farm support. One of the things that we do for our farmers is we recently purchased a lot of large scale farm equipment so that some of our farmers. So you purchased that. Mm -hmm. So that more of our farmers can grow more food. That's a kind of a win win collaboration. Absolutely. Yeah. We have the stuff. But what if they were like, well, you guys ought to be buying stuff? not really collaborating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Wow, I love that. So, Wise words. Erica, North St. Louis County, you pretty much got that thing down. Uh, My home. What's next? Oh, what's so, next? Beyond uh, the region? Yes. Or yes. is there a beyond the region? So for a, for a rent circuit specifically, the work is going to continue to focus on North St. Louis County. Okay. As we grow and my director's feel more solidified and comfortable within their roles and need me less. My goal is to, one, complete my PhD, but two, um, help other growing groups, organizations, okay. nonprofit leaders who want to do similar work in their yeah. communities. Okay. So not, not so much to replicate a red circle in other places, but to just come along and be a resource for other yes. startups yes. that want to do similar things. Yes. So would you? That's awesome. Yeah, and you know this is kind of what I see too that could happen. I don't know if you've thought of this, but also like it, even being a living lab for people to come and to be immersed in the work that you oh, are we would doing. Love that. We would love that. We always want people to come to the farm or come to the market or come yeah. and you know, learn from our education team. We can't bring them to the schools because that's a whole level of right security security sure but you can come and meet with the education team you can come to a parent cafe yeah you can go into one of our art spaces because one of the um things i haven't talked much about is um the need for arts in the community arts is a good way for healing for being bringing out the best in people and sometimes you know we focus the arts on you know maybe the opera or the ballet and there's art in so many other facets. And if people have that artistic um, voice, you know, they can really lean, in, lean into the space that they want to see healing 
color, vibrancy. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes. In their own neighborhoods. That's Love awesome. That. That's awesome. Uh, we've got a couple minutes here bef before we close, and I wanted to ask you about your board. I, I know as organizations move up that life cycle, as they're changing, their boards have to change. You know, you, you may start with what we call a working board, yes. and then you move more towards a, a governance board, and then you, eventually you hope to get to a fundraising board that's that's really full in on raising money for your organization. How has that evolution with your board gone? How is it going? And, and what, what would you say about that? Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. Um, our board started out as a working board. Yep. Like I said, yep. it was a staff of me. And so they had to do the work alongside me and with me. We began the transition to a governance board. And now we're kind of in that in-between governance slash fundraising. Okay. Board. Good we for you. Just formed our first fundraising committee. Oh, beautiful. We have I love hearing that. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Congratulations. Yes, it's, no, it's so interesting. That's huge. Thank you. It's so interesting because so our board is um, a mix of people from all professions. Yeah. yeah. But the majority of the board was North County residents. Sure. And if you think about, you know, our our need for this nonprofit organization within North County. If you're a North County resident, you're probably not as connected to money as some other board True. members would be. Yeah. And so as we're growing the board. So you're looking to how to diversify more. Yeah. Yes, yes. How to diversify. We just uh, actually voted in. I think we, the board voted. Yeah. Six new board members. Nice. At the meeting last That's month. That's huge. So how many then will that bring you up to? That brings us to 17. Okay. Which is, which a, is a good spot. size. That's yeah. a sweet spot. Sweet it's spot. a very, yeah. it is a really good keep it sweet at 15 yeah. or more. Yeah. That's kind of where we were at at Connections for yeah. several years. Yeah. We mm -hmm. got up higher and then it gets a little, yeah. mm -hmm. a little tough to so manage. We, we've diversified, but the people that we've added to the board um, understand the M importance of racial equity, the importance of community voice, because we never ever want to lose that piece yeah. of it. You know, we don't want to get to a board where the other raising a whole lot of money for it, but none of them live in the region mm. or visit the right. region or shop in the region. You know, we are very huge on supporting North County businesses, on supporting North County initiatives, because we want to build up our region so that when people hear North County, they go, ooh. That has that there and not, oh, you're in North County. So that's what we're working yeah. with, with our board. And it's been a lot of fun. Good. Yes. Good. And a building that pride for yes. the community, yes. right? And to know that what you're doing and people are speaking positively and want to come see what that's you're doing. Vision. So how would you describe your culture? Hmm. We're very family oriented. And I don't use that term lightly. Now, a lot of people say, you know, it's a family here, but then they treat people less family-like. <clears throat> you know, we our, our PTO, unlimited PTO, starts on day one. So you start working for us and you get sick, stay home and don't worry about getting paid. Right. Um, we had a young lady start with us who is in between vehicles. You guys know what that's like. Yes. <laughs> we definitely know what that's like. And so we were able to get her a gift card for Lyft. Oh. Plus, people were giving her oh. rides yeah. and Beautiful. getting her where she needs to be. It just gives me goosebumps. Um, sometimes we have people who need to bring their kids to work yeah. because of the cost of childcare and yeah. the school's clothes and 
the COVID and Zoom and all these yeah. different things that are happening. And that's, to me, the word for all that is culture. Yes. That's the culture yes. that you've instilled we there. That we're, we're all here for each value. other. Trying to value yeah. people. You value, you yeah. value the people that you value them. And this is something corporate America could take a look at. Mm -hmm. With what's happening, so. they can't recruit, they can't retain their employees. What would happen if they would take a look to say somebody has transportation issues, let's provide, let's, mm -hmm. you know, provide them, you know, less tickets and, you know, for Uber. What right. let's help them with childcare yeah. and some of these major issues and you're doing that. Yeah, we're working very hard to pay people what they're worth. Um, yes, that's to provide key. Them with benefits yes yeah. so that Team. they can take care of themselves if they get Beautiful. sick erica yeah. you are just the epitome of of a strong nonprofit leader that is really making change happen Thank you're not you. speaking it you're doing it good work and <laughs> it's it's hard work right it is this is not it for the is. face of heart yeah because it's not like everyone approves yeah. there are still yeah, right yeah, yeah. naysayers and doubters yeah. and you know, we still get our share of family jealousy. Yeah. And and people wondering why do they think they deserve this? Right. So right. but we continue to do the work. We continue well, to show up. Stay, right? right. To be, yes. as you said it earlier, intentional. Yes. You stay focused and you're continuing to do the work. Absolutely. Right. So you're walking your talk. Yes. Which is huge. Absolutely huge. Okay. I get all excited. Well, that's, <laughs> I just, that's all the time I, we have today. So uh, Erica, thank you so much. You are so welcome. For coming on to talk about a red thank circle. Thank you for having me. Your vision to see North St. Louis County healthy, wealthy, and whole uh, will change thousands of lives and leave a legacy for generations to come. And we're so grateful to know you. One more time. How do people find you? They can visit our website, aredcircle.org. Okay. And all of the socials, a red circle. Make sure you put the letter A in front of it, a red circle. A red circle that's right. org. That's right. Okay. And that's where you all can find Erica, her team, her great mission. She has a beautiful newsletter that you can sign up on their website and to be able to get involved with them. And I encourage you all to go and experience and see and see these urban farms and see what they're doing. One last question for you as we close. Yes. What advice would you give someone that um, is maybe starting a nonprofit or has been doing this for a long time and is going to that next level? What's one sentence or one thing that you would share of encouragement for them? I would say do not be afraid or too prideful to ask for help. All right. Love it. Very good. Ask Very for good. help. Yes. Yes. Ask. We don't. And there's get, help available. There is. We help don't available. ask. There is help available. You have not because you ask not. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Erica Williams. She is the founder and executive director of a Red Circle. You can find her at a red a red circle dot org. And this is the Voices of Impact where your mission fuels our dedication for social impact. Together, let's be the voices of change. Thank you all for joining us today, and until next time. Thank you for joining us on today's enlightening episode of Voices of Impact. Remember, 
Each one of you has the power to make a difference in this world. With the KBL Impact Partners team of over 75 years of experience in the nonprofit and corporate sectors, we are with you on this journey. We stand ready as more than advisors. We are partners and mentors committed to your vision for a better tomorrow. It's about creating solutions that resonate with your unique mission with a dedication to personalized attention that brings out the very best in your organization. If you're ready to take your organization to the next level, visit kblimpactpartners.com to schedule your complimentary consultation. Ignite your impact, amplify your vision, and elevate your mission to lead the social movement. This is Voices of Impact with KBL Impact Partners, where your mission fuels our dedication to social impact. Until next time, let's continue to be the inspiring voice of change in our communities and beyond.